There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast. Exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. Tell it to me straight up. Hello, and welcome to the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast, proudly part of the Hale Varsity Network. I am Greg Smith, your boy. We're really only a couple of weeks from the traditional signing day. Um, so I, I, things are ramping back up, I, I guess, is the way that I should describe that, though it feels like they never slow down. Uh, today, I am joined by Hale Varsity staff writer, Steve Marek. Steve, how are you, man? Hey, Greg, I'm doing great. Good. So we, we got, it is an interesting time though. We won't get into this too much, but it does feel like I'm half joking, really not when I say that it doesn't really end um, with football in general, but Nebraska football for sure. Um, as you know, they had a junior day this past weekend. Um, they'll have another one this coming weekend. And then, you know, we'll get into finishing up the 22 cycle, which feels like, you know, <laughs> it's ending but it feels like it has been so much about the transfers and all of that, that there's just been so much going on, but not as much of it is actually related to 2022 recruits. Yeah. Um, I, I think I messaged you um, when, when you came out with the info uh, for those 2023 um, junior day um, visitors that Nebraska was going to have. And I thought to myself, like, wow, it actually is a 24-7, every single month of the year matters uh, for, for a college football program. So it's just, yeah, with my first my first year covering the program here, it, I'm, it's opening my eyes to, like, how much goes into this that, that I didn't know before. Yeah, there's just a ton. Like, it, and it, it is interesting because of how, like, it, it, it almost it has to be this way now because of recruiting, because you essentially are in a situation where – even like there, there used to be, and it's not really that long ago, where there's a nice little split between when you really actually turn the page to the next recruiting class. But now that doesn't really exist because, yeah, it really has ramped up recently. But those 2023 guys have been visiting campuses, well, what would have been multiple years, but not because of COVID, but last year, they were all on campuses. So it's just interesting on how it all kind of rolls together. It definitely makes the people that run those departments, it makes their jobs a lot more difficult uh, because it is a continuous. I'd love to actually just go in there one day. They'll never let us, but go in one day and just see like what the matrix board actually looks like of how they keep track of like multiple years at once. It's got to, it's fascinating to me oh yeah absolutely I'm just picturing like something out of a movie where you would walk into the room and and you know he's got a name and it's got a circle but then it has like a bunch of lines coming down with other <laughs> names on it and there's like x's and X, like names x'd out and other names circled with a star by it or something right I don't know. 
that's what I picture. It's probably unrealistic. But it's probably all digital, like on, on a computer, but whatever. <laughs> probably. I'll, I'll, stick, nah. I'll stick to whatever I, I, I want to think here. Yeah, like the, I'm picturing, you picture in your mind, like remember, I think it was Varsity Blues, where at the end, <laughs> they like have the names on the board and they move them and then they just go, actually, no, that was Friday Night Lights. It, it was in Friday Night Lights where they moved them at the end, it was Booby and the boys. Like, and then they <laughs> take the names off <laughs> the little magnetic strip. Like that is what I'm hoping that it is i'm sure it's digital um yes. yeah. <laughs> but that, that's fine though that's fine um we'll, we'll let our dreams live on um now each week we have a couple of mainstays of the show and the first one's called coach speak where we go over something that a coach player or talking head said and then we give you the straight up breakdown of what they meant coach speak to real talk uh, this week, it comes courtesy of the GOAT, the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady, uh, who had this to say after the Bucs 27 uh, or 30 to 27 loss um, in the playoffs yesterday. He said, quote, truthfully, guys, I'm thinking about this game, uh, said Brady uh, when asked about uh, pending potential retirement. He said, quote, I'm not even thinking about anything past five minutes from now. I haven't put a lot of thought into it. So, you know, we will just take it day by day and kind of see where we are at. Um, and Brady has one year left on his deal. Um, and it's kind of been reported that he's going to take some, some time here, at least a month, to kind of figure out where things are. So, yes, yeah, Steve, what do you think that, that that gut reaction from Tom Brady means? Let's break that down. Yeah, I think um, it's just like your standard, I guess, answer to anybody in his position about like coming back. Um, I, like, of course, he isn't going to he wasn't I don't ever think he was ever going to say, yeah, I'm coming back or no, I'm going to be looking elsewhere or no, I'm going to retire. He's never going to do that in that setting anyway. Um, so, yeah, it was just a professional answer from a professional. And so um, I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't think we're going to get an answer, I guess, anytime soon. Um, maybe I'm wrong about that, but. Um, I think this process is going to drag on a little bit, um, but, you know, he's entering the time of his career where he's already kind of cemented himself as the, the goat, the, the greatest, I almost called him the goatest, the, the greatest, <laughs> the greatest quarterback to ever live. And, you know, all the, all those Super Bowl championships and, and everything and all those wins that he's racked up, he doesn't have to prove anything else. Like he's, he is the, the best to ever do it. And so, you know, at this stage of his career, I can see him venturing and he's already done this venturing into more business kind of entertainment being kind of a celebrity. Um, I, I think that's kind of like where his mind is at right now. Of course, it's like, you know, if he thinks he can go again, go again somewhere. Um, but yeah, I, I see him as kind of like just on the downward trajectory of his um, career and kind of venturing from the football field to off the field and being kind of a celebrity and, and social media stars, um, things like that. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, too, because it's funny you brought that up, because if if this were five years ago and you had said, yeah, Tom Brady might want to, you know, transition into business and just kind of being, you know, Tom Brady and just being a star. Yeah. Like, I would have been yeah. like, okay, that's kind of crazy. But if you really think about it, like, think about how, like, people have really kind of come around on him in recent years, uh, really specifically during this Tampa time. Um, it felt like he's shown more of his personality. Like he's actually yeah. been really funny on social media. Like yeah. it does make me wonder, like, is that going to be part of the next phase of his life or his, like his career where he wants to just kind of be Tom Brady and have a good time and show that he can let his hair down and just kind of hang out. And the one thing that always is kind of interesting about the actual playing aspect of this for, for me with Tom Brady is at some point, 
he's got to get tired of doing this, right? Like, it's very difficult to be a, a, a football player in general, like to put your body through that. But then also, the like for him, the very reg regimented diet, all of the film study, everything it takes to get his body ready, especially at his age. And then knowing, oh yeah, I've got guys now, these are, they're on his team. Or guys like Aaron Donald is, is a good example. That guy is trying to take my head off on every play. Yeah. Like it's just like at some point you wake up and say, I've accomplished everything that I can at this point. I, I've, there's nothing left for me to really do. I don't feel like doing this anymore. Now he's very competitive, right? He, that's always one of those very famous things about him is that he's kind of got a maniacal level of competitiveness to him. But that runs out for everyone at some point. And I'm really interested to see, like, kind of, is this the line? Because it does kind of, it feels like more than ever, we could be entering the, hey, we're going to get a press release or some sort of video from him saying that he's gone ahead and retired. But I'm with you. I, didn't, I wouldn't have expected him to announce that in this press conference. Yeah, absolutely. And you bring up a good point about him being the ultimate competitor because he is, and I think, you know, he's just going to take everything to account his age, you know, the level of athlete that that is coming after him. Like he said, with Aaron Donald, these guys are being engineered to be athletic, like football freaks from right. like eight from like day one now, which is just different than what the, the league has seen or football has seen. I think just the level of play is the level of athlete um, is kind of the best that it's ever been at. Um, it's not to take a shot at like older like generations, but I, I, it's just I think that players are being bred to play in the NFL and be football players from day one nowadays. Um, but yeah, if he could take that competitiveness that he's always had and always will have and just transition it to maybe the business world or whatever he's trying to do, um, if, he, if he ever wants to do TV or, or anything like that, which I don't you know, think is a stretch, no. you know, I think he's going to try to be the better, the best at whatever he ends up doing um, post football. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting to watch. And, and I'm with you. I do think he's uh, funny, actually. He has like, yeah. a <laughs> right? I think, like, you know, maybe, maybe, and maybe some of that was suppressed in New England. Like I knew, yeah. he, I know he did stuff, you know, like once, once he was established and it's like, wow, Tom Brady with the Patriots. Um, but now with Tampa, it seems like, you know, he's all over on commercials, like social media is really uh, popped off. So yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see uh, where he takes his career and, and if he wants to keep playing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that one of the things too is, and I, and I think that I don't know if you're like this, but I have, I've been definitely guilty of thinking this as we get to the, so we're once Peyton Manning retired and then we have, we're into like this Tom Brady kind of Aaron Rodgers group um, and a couple others where Russell Wilson is kind of in that he's a little bit younger than those guys, but he's in that kind of already very established quarterback hierarchy because I'm like, man, I'm starting to get a little bummed out because I'm like, man, these guys are like the titans of quarterbacking in the NFL. And like, they're starting to get older and longer in the tooth. And I don't know if it's going to quite be the same. And then we see stuff like we saw this weekend, right? Where you see so like the level of quarterback play in some various places is just so good, especially kind of, we saw it kind of culminated um, in that game that I don't think is the last time we're going to see those two quarterbacks face off in that game last night uh, with yeah. Kansas city and Buffalo with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Like you've just got a, and then you have other guys like Lamar Jackson um, that, that are just so good right now around the league. Joe Burrow is another one that we'll see this coming weekend um, get to play. 
Like, it's just really interesting and good, I think, that you're starting to see that next level of quarterback kind of come along. And I think the NFL is in a better spot than I think people thought it was going to be maybe even a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Like, the level of quarterbacking right now is insane. Like, what Josh Allen was doing was complete video game stuff. I mean, uh, Patrick Mahomes, too. And even an older guy going with Matthew Stafford, the way he was able to, like, you know, when L.A. and the Rams are kind of look like they were fumbling away that game, but then uh, Matt Stafford's like, no, I've been been here in this league for a few years. You know, I I played big time uh, uh, college college football at Georgia I can go and win this game and he threw an absolute dime um, to set that game winning set up that game winning field goal so yeah it's just the quarterback is only the quarterbacking is only getting better in my opinion and so is a play calling like some of these plays I'm just like watching and I'm like man I want the all 22 film of this and just like you know just to follow where these routes are going and how creative the blocking schemes are and like everything and I don't know. I would not want to be a defensive coordinator like in in college football or the NFL. Right. right. Definitely not college football. Like, oh, my, like because of because because like dual threat quarterbacks can be such a like weapon in college football. Like I good luck um, with that. But I'm definitely with you. And it's interesting, though, that you say that because it was something I was thinking about earlier, which, as as we know, guys, y'all that listen to the show, I'm a Bears fan. I have on a 49ers hat right this second, but I'm a Bears (laughs) fan. And so the Bears are going through this coaching search, right? And I think I said this on the pod a couple of weeks ago. Like, I was not sure whether or not I wanted the Bears to go after an offensive coach or a defensive coach. Just because in the, the Bears' particular circumstance, yes, I understand they have uh, what they hope is a franchise quarterback in Justin Fields, um, but the city is just such a like it's a, such a blue collar like defensive led town. Like people really embrace defense there, so it's just different, right? The wind and the weather play a part of it, so it just makes more sense in Chicago than some other places to have a defensive minded coach. But then I sit back and watch these games from this weekend. And even Buffalo, who had a great defense (laughs) during the regular season, they're getting shredded up and down the field by what is a generational quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Like, let's not, like, excuse me, as we, you know, people downgrade Buffalo's defense, like, hey, listen, they were going up against that dude. Like, it wasn't like some bum that was how they're throwing these passes, right? But it just makes me think, like, it's such an offensive league that I almost think now the Bears have to hire an offensive guy. And you don't need to look much further than that Buffalo-Kansas City game. And I think either of the offensive coordinators (laughs) would work for me. But I think Brian Dabble feels like kind of a lead candidate for the Bears at this point. Yeah, I was just going to mention Dable because, you know, that guy, like wherever he's been, it kind of seems like the good offense has followed him. So, yeah, he seems like, you know, Eric Biennemi would be just a – let's call that guy up soon. Because, I mean, just he's drawing up some amazing stuff. And, you know, that's that's really how, if you think about it, Zach Taylor got his head coaching gig with Cincinnati was because he was the hot shot, um, young offensive mind that, you know, was at L.A. with the Rams. I think he was like an yep. offensive coordinator, or maybe quarterbacks coach, and then got the gig at Cincinnati. But before that, he was doing really great things at Cincinnati as an OC, too. Um, so that's really cool for a former Nebraska guy to be doing all this. And and yeah, I, I think for Chicago, like I, I see what you mean is like when when you when you like I guess go to Chicago you want to be like prepared for battle because it's going to be crappy weather and and there's going to be a tough defense that's kind of like what I 
envision, you know, the Chicago bears being, but it's just like what, what their tradition is, I guess. But yeah, times are changing. Um, it's, it's offensive. It's an offensive league. Now all these um, just incredibly talented and elite quarterbacks doing crazy things. Um, yeah. I'd, instead of focusing on defense, maybe it is the right call just to, you know, try to join the fray and do what everybody else is doing with this, with, with these, you know, really elite play callers and, and um, offensive schemes, I guess. And I guess part of it, and I think that they go, it goes hand in hand with what we started off talking about, about the quarterbacks in the league. Joe Burrow was somebody I forgot to mention uh, and around here. Joe, Joe occupies a really interesting space um, here in Nebraska, um, but we won't get into that. I don't want you guys yelling at me, um, but like, it, it's just interesting because like it, it all kind of comes together, right? Where you have these quarterbacks, these young quarterbacks around the league paired with really good offensive minds and offensive coaches. Yeah. And, I guess, and that makes sense that, that the Bears should probably try and recreate that in their version of that. Cause I just don't think that that's going away anytime soon. And part of this is also tied to the rules in the league, right? Like I think that the league understands that, Hey, when you have this 42, 36, 38 game between Kansas city and Buffalo, and I, I, I haven't seen it. Um, I haven't seen like what the ratings numbers were, um, from that I'm sure they were astronomical like I'm yeah. sure the ones for, for the Rams Bucks game um, were really high as well next yeah. week is going to be off the charts too like I, I just think that the league wants this is exactly what they wanted when it came to those rule changes and you can't hit quarterbacks and all of that like I know there are people out there that love defensive football but it just doesn't feel like that's the way not even that it doesn't feel like it is the way that the NFL designed this to end up happening. And it makes for some really, really exciting football because uh, this weekend was, or this weekend, particularly Sunday was just so awesome. Like it was just a lot of fun to follow. It kind of reminds me of like a adapt or die type way of thinking. And like, um, you know, if you want to, you know, survive and continue and win games and having a, ha have an exciting product that's offense right now. And that's points and that's yards and that's just excitement. So adapt or die. So yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking with the whole, you know, Chicago's in a tough spot because they have so much history and tradition with that defense, but I don't know. You just got to figure out what, what the best way to go is for that, for that franchise. Yeah, but I also kind of wonder, though, too, when they have a good defense right now. So if yeah. you were able to bring in an offensive coach to really build that up and maybe capitalize on the back end of kind of the prime of this defense um, and bring in a good D.C., like maybe you could be able to make that work. Like, excuse me, there's no reason that you couldn't have Justin Fields take a big leap if you got the right offensive mind in there. Because as we were mentioning before, like a lot of these quarterbacks that we talked about, had a lot of success early on, right? Like it wasn't like it took them five years to figure it out. Um, it's just not the way that things work anymore. Speaking of changes to the game, like it, it was never the case where you would see so many young quarterbacks just lighting things up. But to see that happen all of the time is now even different. I mean, I make it sound like we're old, we're not, but it's just like, it's just so interesting to see these quick evolutions um, in the game that have to me made the game a lot more exciting. Um, and so that you get more games like you had this weekend versus what we had in that like super wild card weekend that everybody wants to forget. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of blowouts, weren't there? Yeah. Yeah. The, the blowouts were just, it's just interesting. Like I understand why the NFL wanted to have those, ex, those extra teams in, but boy, yeah. it doesn't feel like the juice was worth the squeeze from a viewing standpoint, revenue standpoint, totally get it. <laughs> but a viewing yeah. standpoint, not so much. 
Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of like not on the popular side because I'm, I'm such a football fan, a lover of football that I just want as much of it on my TV as possible. So like, if they're, if they're going to like create these uh, wild card games, by all means do it. I'm going to watch, but like, yeah, if they turn out to be um, blowouts and that's just what it is. So um, yeah, more the merrier for me. It's kind of like the bull season. A lot of people don't like all the bulls, but Hey, if it's me, I'm, I'm recording it and I'm watching it sometime this summer if I miss it, actually. So <laughs> I might have sounded like really though. weird right there. But. So, you no, know, but you're the smart one because you've now got these bowl games banked for that. There's only a little, we were talking about how it's nonstop. There is only a little bit of a lull in time where it feels like it drags on forever. And it's really that like um, time before Big Ten Media Days and then there's a little bit of a time between Big Ten media days and like when uh, for us, especially when uh, fall practice, fall camp opens up like that little bit of time is all you need to fill. You've got yourself a, a handful of bowl games banked. You, you'll be good to go with that. I don't, I don't know. I think you might be the one that figured it out here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there there are. Uh, so I got I'm a YouTube TV guy, so I have all of the bowl games recorded I because it was kind of a busy stretch when they were. Um, playing all of them in December but yeah there are some games that I'm not that I haven't watched but I plan on watching in like yeah. the summer when I like I guess uh, have have uh, some afternoons to myself hopefully so right. uh, yeah yeah that that would be good so now I know how you'll spend your free time uh, yeah. when when once we get some um, now, every week we end the show uh, with my favorite segment of the week uh, called Put Them on Blast, where we put somebody on blast for something that they did or said. Put them on blast. Now, this time I'm going to go first um, because I, it's actually good. It's tied to last week's episode. So you guys remember last week when I had Ellie French on from KETV in Omaha, we got into some different NBA stuff and we talked about the 76ers and kind of their drama uh, with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and, ben si or, and Joel Embiid saying, we don't need to make a big trade for another star because we're playing well and all of that, which is super interesting. They've continued to play well. Um, he's been awesome, Joel Embiid has. Uh, but there was a report just this morning uh, from The Athletic that Daryl Morey, the 76ers president and GM, wants to potentially wait until this summer so to trade Ben Simmons because he needs Ben Simmons contract and a potential blockbuster move for James Harden. Now, the reason that Daryl Morey has to go on blast here is because the original, the very first thing I thought when I saw this report was, why couldn't you have just done that before this season? And now you wouldn't be wasting, A, wasting a year of Joel Embiid's prime, B, you would have not been like wasting a year of Ben Simmons, which I guess you guys don't care about because he's, he's wanting to sit out anyway. But also you would have got a jump start on building the next phase of your team and your team would have been better because I do think that uh, Joel Embiid and James Harden would be a really nice pairing, but you could have done that in the off season. Like I just don't understand why it is that you would then try and wait to push for that and then now that's out there and it's going to make it even more difficult for you to go ahead and make that move plus I'm not a Daryl Morey guy I, I just I think that there's too much made of Daryl Morey being like this basketball genius because he figured out spreadsheets um, even though he's never won anything like it just drives me nuts with the whole Daryl Morey thing so for all of that Daryl Morey has to go on blast yeah that was a good one 
Yeah, I mean, he has to. Like, why didn't this make the trade before the season? Um, and we knew that Ben Simmons was going to be hard to move anyway because of the holes in his game. Like, he's a good – like, people, I think, go too far in saying he's not any good. I think he has value. But he is also not someone I think that you can have be the number one guy on your championship team um, just because of the limitations with him and the limitations being him not wanting to shoot. Um, so, Steve, who are you putting on blast? Yeah, so I don't I don't know if I'm gonna like force your listeners to like stop listening because they don't care oh. about this, but I'm I'm putting the Hawaii football program um on, <laughs> on notice here. Okay. They have they have really screwed up. So just a little background on myself. I'm a Hawaii football fan. Um there they are Cole Brennan was the reason why I love college football right now. So just growing up as like a high schooler, they're always like late on like ESPN late, late night games. So I'd always watch it seemed like every Hawaii game because, and you know, they were throwing for 400, 500 yards, every game, throwing all sorts of touchdowns for a young impressionable kid. That was just like the coolest thing ever. So I've kept my fandom of the Hawaii warriors. Um, but recently they just, you know, it's been awful there. They have no money. Um, they can't like find good head coaches and they just were forced to fire. Um, a really bad one in Todd Graham. He only lasted like two seasons, just a complete non like fit over there at Hawaii just did not fit and not, not a very well liked coach in the industry anyway. Um, so they just did hire um, Timmy Chang. who's a former, former uh, football player and record setting quarterback over there at Hawaii. And, you know, he's a young guy. I, I'm really pulling for him, but they really messed up when they couldn't find a deal for June Jones, who is a longtime Hawaii um, head coach over there who was willing to come back and help the program out and get it back on its feet. But apparently they couldn't, no, no, they couldn't get the contract details down. They were only willing to give him um, per reports, like a two-year deal and not a lot of money. And June, June Jones is like, well, how am I going to recruit on that? How am I going to get kids to come to Hawaii and play for, you know, three to four years um, when they know that I only have a two-year contract? So I don't know. I'm just putting University of Hawaii administration on blast. Um, kind of a weird one, but yeah, um, I'm a Hawaii fan. So that's what I've been thinking about this uh, past week. That that works. That is not the weirdest yeah. blast um, that has been on the show. Old age got put on blast, and it was one of my favorite ones to date. Uh, old age, yeah. Shouts to Derek Peterson put old age on blast once um, right. because his knees yeah. hurt getting out of bed. It was hilarious. Um, <laughs> it was actually in. If you missed it, it was in we, a few weeks back, maybe like right around the new year. We did like a best of of like my favorite put them on blast, and it was actually in that. Um, <laughs> so go. Go check that out if you missed that. But no, that definitely works. Um, and I do think that that's a worthy blast because I think that Hawaii, it's, it's one of those programs that, and I'm with you, I used to watch those games too, but it is yeah. a place where it's difficult to get, so to difficult. Get, get coaches. And like when you have someone that wants to come help out and wants to, you know, and honestly wants the best for the program and get it back up and running, um, to turn your back on that is a little strange given the, the fact that's the place that they're in. It was yeah. just weird. Yeah. It definitely yeah. was strange. Yeah. When they, when that administration made the hire for Todd Graham, um, I like, I don't know if you know much about Todd Graham, but he's just not a well-liked dude. There I has, remember him. <laughs> yeah. There hasn't been a lot of good things said about Todd Graham and his coaching career. Um, but Hawaii just needs to get back to, and they are doing this with the hire of Timmy Chang, who was an assistant um, wide receivers coach um, at Nevada, um, but he uh, recently got the new job uh, coaching receivers at Colorado State. So he's like moving again uh, to the head coach of Hawaii, but they just need to get back to 
an identity and the identity of football on the islands is airing it out, throwing, throwing every single day, every single down. If it's third and two, don't care. You're throwing the ball. Um, it's just what they're known for. It's what they're good at. It's what the culture is. You just need an exciting brand of football to get people to go to the games and generate revenue and all that fun stuff. So um, yeah, Hawaii administration, I think they did a good job with getting Timmy Chang in there, but we'll see how it goes from now on. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we will be watching that on, on late night, um, yeah. like past Maxon and Pac-12 after dark. Like that's when you get uh, to the then you get the Yeah, then you get yeah. the 7 p.m. kickoff in Honolulu. Let's go. Right. <laughs> and then it's like you reset all over again. Oh, yeah, I definitely know about that. Um, that's going to do it for us this week. Subscribe to the podcast everywhere you can listen to them. Rate us and leave us a five-star review. If you only leave a four-star review, I'm inclined to think you're a hater and nobody wants that. Um, make sure that you're checking out the other podcasts on the Hill Varsity Network, the Mind Your Own podcast, the Rest of Preps post-game show, and the Hill Varsity radio show. Also, check out the Hill Varsity YouTube page. Back on there with another recruiting question video of the week. You can also find us on Twitter at GregSmithHB and at Steve underscore Mark. You can email the show at straightupbreakdownofhailvarsity.com. I will catch you all next week. Ahura Media Production.